0: Welcome to episode four of Garrick Chats with... I've finally been uh, let back into the studio for this episode uh, and I've tried to get uh, two inspirational women as my co-stars for this one but unfortunately I'm still stuck with Ellie and Nina.
1: Oh, funny. That's a bit rude, actually. I'm offended.
0: I'm only joking, girls, of course.
1: We hope you all enjoyed yesterday's episode with Maggie Oliver. If you've not yet listened to it, please do because it's a really important conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just important for females to listen either. I found it really interesting from a male's perspective, so it can help me in the future understand things a little better. So for today, we're back celebrating the day of women again.
2: And we have two guests for part two of our International Women's Day special. Our first is Garrick old girl, Katie Wurst.
0: Katie had a chat with our inters group. Age 11 to 14 year olds about her time at the Garrick and her experience as a woman in the arts. Our fellow student Aidan started off by asking Katie how theatres can be supported at a time like this.
1: Without further ado this is episode four on International Women's Day 2021. Garrick chats with Katie West. Um hello my question is um At the moment, what
3: can people do um, to help theatres and, like, film companies and stuff like that? Oh, that's a really lovely question. Um, I think to show your support by, if there's anything online that you can watch, watch and share it. And really keep plugging theatre whenever you can. It will come back, and it probably will be better and stronger than ever before. But yeah, definitely keep plugging it. Keep speaking to your friends about how amazing theatre is, and that you can and you can watch so many, so much on YouTube now. Like I know the National have lots of live feeds you can watch, and the Almeida. So there's lots of great stuff out there. So yeah, just keep talking about it. Don't let it be forgotten. It won't be. But yeah, keep going. Yeah,
2: that's good. Yeah, thank you. Hi, I'm Becky. Hi, Becky. And my
1: question is like, who's your idol? And like, who inspired you to start acting?
3: That's a really good question. Um, I suppose I mean it probably sound, sounds quite weird, but like just stopport. Like probably Stopport I like, kind of inspired me to act in a weird way, just because I think it's just so wonderful and just full of wonderful characters and wonderful people. And that really um that really influenced me and inspired me. Um I mean, Maxine Peake's been a huge influence on me too. Also lots of like writers who I really love. Like I really love Simon, Simon Stevens and, and lots of like poetry and all, all different things kind of really inspired me to get into it. And as well, being a member of the Garrick Youth Theatre was a huge part of, me, part of uh, my love for the theatre too. Thank you. My question is, would you rather be in like a movie or a stage? Oh, I love I love theatre so much. I think theatre is the best. I think film is amazing too, but the theatre, like my favourite thing is being in a rehearsal room. I think rehearsals are amazing because you're just with loads of really interesting fab people. You get to have a laugh and you get to just sort of play around and do what you love for a living. Whereas I think the difference in film is you don't get as much time, so you don't get as much time to enjoy that creative process. You kind of have to come in already, already sort of knowing what you're gonna do. Whereas with theatre, you get to really explore it and get really into the nitty gritty and like all the magic around it and the magic of the story and stuff.
2: My question is, who is your favorite
4: person you've worked with?
3: My favorite person I've worked with? Oh there's loads of fab people. That's why theatre is so amazing because you just meet so incre- so many incredible, weird and wonderful people along the way. And you really find like your little gang of weirdos, um which is amazing. But um so some of my best friends I've met when I've been when I've been working in theatre. I am, I I love I mean I love working with Simon Stevens and, and Sarah who used to run the Exchange in Manchester. Um and I loved working with Walter, who ran home theater as well. Um, but yeah, like one of my friends, Angela, she was. I did the play called I did a, I did Macbeth, which was in Manchester, and then we went to New York. And that's one of my really close friends, Angela, I met through that. Just everybody, just the people are just amazing in theater. They're just so funny and weird.
1: And <laughs> um, that sounds really cool that you get to meet new people and just make friends in something that you love and um, I was wondering about costume so I'm quite interested in costume design and kind of behind the scenes and you get you know there's people in charge of it and you get to try loads of new things that normally you wouldn't get to wear and does it feel weird acting in them and is there something that feels a bit clumsy and you think oh how am I going to do it or do you think oh I'd never wear this and it's really cool
3: um yeah, all the time. One of my first ever like TV jobs I did, I had to wear a suit. And one of the first things the wardrobe lady said to me was like, you don't wear suits very often, you do you? And I was like, no, just because it felt so weird. Like I had to like act, it made me act in a completely different way. But yeah, costume is a huge part of, I think, with performance and acting and, and shoes as well. Like they just, they do just do something weird to your body that makes you behave in a different way. And I don't know if you've had the pleasure of wearing a corset yet, but... I don't, I don't recommend it at all. I think who, the, it was definitely a man who invented corsets because the pain they inflict on women is just extraordinary. But um, they definitely do something to you and they're definitely an experience. <laughs> yeah, when you're doing like period dramas and things like that. Are you, into, are you in, interested in doing costume design and stuff then? Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fab.
2: If you could be any role in a movie or on stage, what would it be?
3: I would, I, want, I really would love to play Joan of Arc because I think she's really cool and I would really like to wear another great costume. I would love to wear some chain mail. I think that would be really cool. Um, but yeah I, th- yeah, I think I've always really liked Joan of Arc because she kind of doesn't, that story isn't, like it's not a story about a girl who falls in love or it's not, a, you know, it's a story about a woman who kind of really fighting for what she believes in. And you, I don't think we see that enough in theatre perhaps so we don't see that story of a woman dedicating her life to something quite big and extraordinary
0: <laughs> thank you Katie um so my question is gonna actually um be to not your work outside of the Garrick but like what was your favourite like um show that you have at the Garrick and like like your favourite memories you've had there
3: Oh, it was just amazing. Like the character that we went to, is quite different to like what you have now. And we used to walk in, and it was like like a working men's club, wasn't it? The barfe. It was so bizarre but wonderful. And we had to go. I mean, is it you, you? You don't still rehearse down in the basement, do you? Or do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do. but it was like so dark and creepy and we always used to try and like scare each other whenever we were down there and we used to always like do like subway runs and like greg's runs to go and get snacks Um, it was amazing but my favorite show we did was i was uh, it was our day out wasn't it by willie russell it was
1: yeah
3: and 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 um i was a completely made-up character because i think somebody dropped out and so Faye merged my two characters like loads of little characters together and i was just this made-up person called I remember like Rosie or something I was called in it, And it was just, it was just amazing. It just, you just feel like a real gang and a real squad. It's just, brilliant. I think just immerse yourself in as much stuff as you can. Meet loads of different people from all walks of life. Just immerse yourself in stories and in art and in poetry and music. And then you've got all this like lovely, um, lovely stimulus to call upon when you want, when you're performing, you know? So don't just, like, limit yourself to just doing that little thing. Think, oh, no, I can read about that, or I can get involved in that and just really go for it and keep, keep like, doing, like, going to the Garrick and places like the Garrick and always meeting new people and creating
4: new experiences and new skills. Um, Katie, how have you had to adapt due to COVID? So quite a lot.
3: I mean, one thing I will say, like, the life of an actor is, like, you either live like a king or you live like a pauper. So... It is very, it is, it's, it's not consistent at all. It's not a nine to five job unless, you know, you go and swan off to Hollywood. Um, but even then sometimes that doesn't really work out. But so it is, it isn't consistent. It is quite scary at times cause you're not in, it's not a secure job as COVID has shown us what, what can happen. Um, so I've taken this year to, to go and get some further training which I would like if you're all serious about getting into the, getting into the arts have, have like a mini, but have a mini plan that you can call upon when you're not working as an actor. So have a skill you can use, whether that be like a teaching or whether, like I've got a few friends who, who teach yoga and have these other skills that they can do in between that can support them. So at the moment what I'm doing is I'm, I'm training to be a teacher as well. So I've got that in my bag when, if, when I, if I need it.
4: Um, what, what subject are you training to teach?
3: I am actually training to teach English.
4: I think English is a good one because it goes so nicely it goes hand in hand with drama and it's obviously something that you can really relate to having the acting background.
3: Yeah definitely and a big part of me was um, was I don't know if any of you heard like one of my friends he runs a charity called Open Door which I don't know if any of you know about which is all about making sure children and um, children young people from low income backgrounds get into drama school so it not just being available to people who can afford it essentially and one of the big things i noticed was you know kind of getting into school early and sort of and and making sure kids know that it is an option for them is something i'm really quite passionate about and i think if i can do that in english because not every kid is into drama they might be creative and they might just not have the confidence in school and so if you can sort of sneak in, in English and you know open up the world a little bit I think that's quite exciting hopefully.
5: Thanks Katie and thanks for coming on um so my final question is if someone could play you in your life story and you're as an actor who would you choose to play you? Faye. <laughs> Exactly, she's
3: like so much older than you. But she'd have to wear, she'd have to wear a snake costume and do it as an interpretive dance, (laughs) (laughs) and come out of an ever, ever a a narnian wardrobe. That's how it would start.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fantastic! Uh, Our juniors, uh, sorry, our seniors, no. Our inters are looking a bit scared there at the thought of that. (laughs) I've heard your costume stories from when you worked at a fancy dress shop.
3: Yeah. So I first met Faye where I worked, when I worked at Stage Door in Stockport. And it was when it had a really, a really fantastic fancy dress department that Faye was the manager of. (laughs) And, um, And I used to hang out downstairs with her and, we used to hide in the rails. So there was costumes and costumes, like rails and rails of costumes, and they were really like packed in really tight. And so if you stood in there, no one would be able to see you, you were hidden. And we used to hide in the costumes. And then if people were walking past perusing the costumes, we would jump out at them <laughs> and scare them. Or our friend, Jill, who worked in the dance department, um, she would come down to the toilet and there was lots of costumes right by the toilet and we would hide in there. And then we would grab her ankles as she was going past. <laughs> Sometimes. and you are very scared she scream as she shouted us an awful lot
5: i think you've given them a lot of ideas now
3: there's lots of good hiding places
4: there it certainly is <laughs> katie thank you so much for joining us this evening um we've thoroughly enjoyed having you on and learning a little bit about you and your career and it's just been fantastic to have you so thank you so much for joining us
1: Thank you so much, Katie, for talking to us. That was a really fun interview.
0: Yeah, she was really easy to talk to. You can tell she used to come to the Garrick.
1: Yeah, and I'd love to see her as Joan of Arc as well.
0: That would be pretty cool to see.
1: It's so nice that Katie has kept in touch with us
2: and continues to visit us at the Garrick.
0: Someone else who continues to inspire young performers in the Stockport area is carol Ann Bruce.
2: carol Ann runs the multi-award-winning Debut Academy of Performing Arts. Debut is not only special to its students, but it was a place where Caroline found comfort during her breast cancer journey. Her story is quite remarkable, and we feel privileged that she shared it with us.
1: Without further ado, this is episode four on International Women's Day 2021. Garrick chats with Caroline Bruce. Hello.
6: How I'm are you?
4: Really good, thank you. How are you? Really good. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for joining us. So, Caroline, could we start by asking you a little bit about Debut? Yes.
6: Okay. What would you like to know?
4: Everything. How long have we got? So, Debut
6: is um, it's a performing arts studio and we do dance and musical theatre. Um, we have small co- um, cohorts so that we can get really good training for all our students and we get to know each person individually. And we also use all our teachers who are industry-based and working within the theatre itself. So any student that's got any question to ask, we've always got a teacher on hand that's either done that job, whether it be West End, TV, anything at all cruise ships so we've we've got teachers that are working in all the industries and even today our teachers still go off and do the odd jobs and then they come back in and and then they teach the students that we've got at present the actual auditions that they've just been doing with students for jobs so for instance um, when Mary Poppins was being auditioned one of our teachers was on the panel and so he taught the routine for Mary Poppins um, in the auditions and then he came straight back to debut and taught all our students it. And you will find that when you're going to auditions, they use the same routines for all their auditions. So the students all know that routine now. So if they ever go up for Mary Poppins, they've already got the tap routine learnt, and that goes round. That's that's including um, the actors as well. So everything that we've got there is very current, and it's things that you need to learn to get where you need to be in the industry.
7: So, firstly, thank you very much for joining us. Um... I thought we could start by talking about your new book, The Dream That Saved My Life, and about the sort of backstory behind that, if you're okay to talk about it.
6: Yes. So um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer nine years ago. Um, And my story is very interesting because I wasn't just diagnosed with cancer. Um, I was told I didn't have cancer and I had tests and everything came back negative. But because I'd had a dream and the... What I would say is the angel of death came to visit me in my dream and showed me that I had cancer and showed me my journey. And if they hadn't have shown me that, I probably wouldn't be alive today because I had a very aggressive breast cancer. And when I went to the hospital for tests, Everything came back negative, and Gosh. I was going to go away. I was absolutely fine, and I had to say to the doctors, "No, I've had this dream. The angel of death come to visit me, which sounds very strange, but it happened." Um, and I told them where it was, and I told them they had to do more tests and they had to rescan me. And it was only my perseverance that made them rescan me. And when they scanned me the next time, they realized I did have cancer. And it was a very aggressive cancer and like I say if I hadn't had that dream there's no way I'd be alive today it would have taken That's,
7: that's incredible yeah wow and what obviously it must have been a very challenging time naturally what were the things that sort of kept you going and helped you push on through
6: yeah, so I had six I had all my surgery, I had a mastectomy and reconstructive surgery, and then I had six months of chemotherapy, so I went from being a dancer that could dance four or five nights a week, training with students, to basically being an old lady where I could hardly walk. Um, and obviously I lost all my hair. That was absolutely fine. And that's, that happens at the time it was dreadful and I didn't like it, but I did. But I literally couldn't do anything. And I was so poorly, when you have chemotherapy, you get it for three weeks, you're very, very poorly. And then you get one week where you get a little bit better and can do things. And I wasn't getting that extra week because they were saturating all my cells with the chemo. So for four weeks, I would be very poorly. But the thing that kept me going is I used to get one to two days And it was coming up to showtime at the the college. And I used to sit for that. I used to literally, I didn't even go in the living room for nearly a month. And then for two days, I would go in and spend a couple of hours ordering costumes. The deliveries would come. I'd put all the names on it. And then I'd leave them on the floor and go back to bed for three weeks. And then that fourth week again, I'd get a couple of days where I could get the costumes and take them down to the studio and get them out to the students. And that really kept me going, just having that show there at the end of it. Gives you a bit of
4: purpose, I suppose, doesn't it? Thank you. You're
6: welcome,
4: Caroline. Could you just tell us a little bit about your recently published book? Yes. So,
6: I have. Um, when I had my cancer, I wrote a journal because I, I wrote the journal because I was having very strange dreams, and I thought I'm they're so realistic that I have to write them down so I can make sense of them. And then then that journal got more and more. As I got the cancer, I started writing about that. And then the family all started writing in the journal for me. And it went on for about four years. And then at the end of that, I put it away safely. And it was only in the first lockdown, I got all the journals out and I wrote them all up and made a book Um, and I sent it out. And it was published by the first publisher who picked it up because she said it was amazing. Um, and so it's been published and it's now out and uh, it's on Amazon. It's in all the shops, even though the shops are closed, but it can still be ordered online. So I'm really proud about that. It's getting really good feedback. And that book um, shows people about women must, and men, must check their bodies. They must listen to their gut feelings. And if you ever hear something in your dream, listen to what you're being told as well. It's really, really important to know your body. And if the doctor say to you, it's nothing. And you're not 100 percent sure you think that something is wrong. You challenge the doctors. And it's about being, you know, a bit strong and dependent and knowing your body and getting the tests that you need. If I hadn't pushed for them tests, I would not be alive today. So it's really important to know your body. And that's what the book is all about.
7: Um, and we hear that you've been featured on national news recently. <laughs> tell us. A, tell us a bit about your your claim to fame. <laughs>
6: So the claim to fame is um, the book was picked up. It was the the newspaper in the Isle of Man picked it up first um, and they ran the story and then the Nationals picked the story up. Um, And since then, I've had a couple of conversations with this morning, but because of all the COVID that's going on at the moment, I'm not able to get on there because there's too much news about that going. So we're waiting to hear what happens there. Um, and so, yeah, I'm in mean, quite a lot of the newspapers. There's a magazine interested as well. Um, and I've actually got somebody at the moment who's um, took the book and they're actually writing it into a script to make it into either a play or a TV series.
7: Wow, that's incredible.
4: Yeah, that's really Dream come true. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So Absolutely. we're going to have to bat the paparazzi away when we get back to college, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs>
5: be fighting for that script won't we we
6: will yeah I mean that would be nice because if we get that script and and we get to work with that script it means our students can get involved with that so you know there's lots of little things where we can say we've got these as extras and we've got things that are going on for that so whatever it, it becomes we can use our students which is great as well and the person that's actually writing it into a script for me um also works for us and he um He's doing a lot of stuff now, where he's actually working with musicals, and eventually the students that we've got coming up through the college will get to meet this person when they're sitting on audition panels and things. So it's very exciting.
5: Fantastic. So Caroline, obviously we know how important performing arts are, um, and it's helped you through your journey. So, but why do you think it's important for young people, especially now, to be to be involved with the arts?
6: Ah, uh, do you know what? This performing arts isn't just about one or two things. The performing arts gives students absolutely everything from discipline to confidence, um, meeting their friends. It gives them everything that they need. Um, And our students absolutely thrive when they're in the studio. Some are struggling because they're not there at the moment. They've not got that face-to-face contact. They're not um, able to express themselves because they're at home. They've not got the teachers in front of them. It's different on a camera. It's really, really important for students. And you know what, no matter what job, even if you train in performing arts, no matter what job you go on to in the future, all them skills that you've learned within performing arts, you will take into any job role. And I had a student that um, he's now a manager in McDonald's and only about three months ago, he sent me a message saying, just out of the blue saying, I can't thank Debut enough for all the skills that it's given me in life. It's given me every life skill that I've needed to, get on in life, get a partner, get married and go where I'm going to, and to look after, you know, to manage other people that are working alongside me.
5: It's like it's, those transferable skills, isn't it? Like the confidence yeah, and yeah, just the the working as a team, all that stuff that you just yeah,
6: everything you work on your own. They can work independently. Yeah. You know, there's there's not many there's not many young people that can stand up and talk and express themselves, whereas all our acting students and our musical theatricians, they can do that quite happily. You know, they'll get up in front of other peers and they can talk and they can they can even get really deep and talk about their own lives. And, you know, the communication skills that it gives you is incredible. What inspired
2: you to start a, like a performing arts school?
6: So I've always been in performing arts. I'm also a nurse um, and I liked both pathways. I didn't know what to do. I didn't whether just to be a nurse or whether I wanted to do performing arts. So I did both. So women, And men have a choice and you can do as much as you want in life and take from life what you can. So I did both. I became a nurse manager and as I used to work in the daytime as the nurse manager. And then I used to run the dance school in the evening. I had to get my own dance school because when I was um, doing my training, I used to be in awe of my dance teacher who um, opened up a dance school, started from scratch. And I was there right from the very beginning. And I watched her dance school grow and I watched other students alongside myself and seeing how much we took out of the actual classes and how beneficial it was for me at the time and I always looked up to her and thought I am going to be a nurse but I'm also going to be a dance teacher and I've just taken it it's taken me a long time to get where we are now but every time I get um, I achieve my goal I move on to the next one so I've always wanted the dance school and so I got a dance school and then I always wanted to have a college because I wanted to make sure that students were receiving the correct training that they needed to get within the performing arts industry. I didn't want students having to go off to London at the age of 16 to try and find training and having to live in London at that age. So I thought there's, there's nobody was doing it at the time um, in the northwest so I thought I'm going to open a college so that students can remain within the northwest in the, their hometown do the training but get training that was London based training which is why we use only the best teachers within debut to make sure that your training is sufficient enough that you get to your next placement where you need to go so my next dream is is that I'd like to have a theatre next so I'd like to have the debut in its own building with a theatre so that's my last little bit this is what I want to do that and my tv program.
2: Have you started working towards that dream yet?
6: yes we have yes we've started saving up for our deposit and we are looking around for premises as we speak yes that's true two years i've learned in life that you have to take every day as it comes you make your plans you keep positive you keep determination there and you will get what you want at the end of it
2: yeah
7: (laughs) um as we're talking about international women's day and empowerment and strong women what do you think makes a strong woman.
6: I think a strong woman is someone that knows her own mind, isn't afraid to speak up, knows what they want in life and goes out and gets it no matter what. And don't let anything stand in your way. That is a nice, strong, powerful woman to me and someone that is comfortable in their own body. They don't have to look at all these women that were getting all the plastic surgery and, you know, you've got to be comfortable. I'm a very comfortable person in my own skin. I love my body. I love how I look. I love everything around me. I love my life. I'm a very happy person. And that makes me very powerful because I just love life so much. So you don't, ha- it's not about getting things. It's about you and what you've already got. And, you know, and if you achieve just going for a walk five minutes a day and that's your achievement, then you've smashed it and you've achieved it. That makes you powerful as well. So that's what I think is a, a very powerful woman. Know your body, love your body, love your life. I think that's brilliant advice for girls everywhere, isn't it, really? And always be positive, always be positive and be nice to other people as well. you know it it just attracts so many nice things around you if you're nice so you can be powerful without scaring people um and that's very important as well
4: definitely i think the um i'm i'm quite a strong believer in the you know the how do i explain this you know what you give what you put out into the universe you get back it's like the law of attraction isn't it
6: absolutely There, yeah you know? absolutely so if, if, if you're nice to people you will attract nice people you know if you're not nice to people you're going to attract all that negativity back to you it's very very important to surround yourself with nice things and nice people and keep that nice aura and that's what I do all the time yeah if I found a purse on the floor and had a thousand pound in it I would be finding the person who owned it it wouldn't be going in my pocket yeah. it's about being nice to other people It's really
1: really important Thank you so much Caroline, for sharing that with us it's a remarkable story for a remarkable woman
0: it just proves that you should always trust your instincts and if you want to read more about Caroline's story she's now a published author with her book the dream that saved my life and that's a diary of her incredible breast cancer story
2: it's just one story that goes to show how the arts have helped so many people
0: Yeah, like the Garrick's helped all of us, and I can say from a personal level, uh, through everyone in the Garrick and the art itself, uh, over lockdown has helped me combat a lot of personal issues, which I'm very thankful for. It's also allowed us to meet and talk to a lot of people we never would have got the opportunity to.
1: Yeah, it was like Maggie was saying to us in our interview, we've been able to connect with a lot more people than we would have been able to if we hadn't had access to Zoom.
0: If you'd like to catch some of our other interviews in future interviews, we're now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we're hopefully soon going to be on Google Podcasts. So if you've got your spare time, don't mind giving us a listen, write us a review where you can, and give us your thoughts on the episode.
2: All you need to do is search Garrick Chats
1: With on your usual listening platform. We'll be back next Monday with another interesting guest, so make sure you keep an eye on all of our social media for more information on that.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Bye-bye.
0: This podcast was produced by Rachel Fitzgerald for the Stockport Garrick Youth Theatre.